Welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of the Family Travel Australia podcast. We are Katie, Paul and Jasper from the Feel Good family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures. Welcome to this week's episode. Hello again. Now you're probably wondering straight off the bat, why do they sound like they're locked in a bathroom? Yeah, are they in the toilet? No, we are definitely not in the toilet. <laughs> they are in fact in the library uh, in Albury, which is probably best we chat about that in next week's episode. Okay, sounds good. Okay, but we'll try and uh, do our best to make it sound uh, not too bathroomish. Yeah, bear with the acoustics. So we've had another fantastic week this week. So we've been staying this week in parks in country New South Wales. Yes, and as soon as we'd made that decision to change our route of travelling down the east mm-hmm. coast due to those uh, fires and head inland, parks was a must to visit and primarily for one reason and that was the dish. Oh yes, the CSIRO Parks Radio Telescope. And of course that was made famous because of the Australian film the Dish, that also uh, has a rocking soundtrack. If you haven't seen it, hire it out, rent it on iTunes or whatever you have to do because it is fabulous Australian, good-humoured, good film that really speaks, I think, to the Australian character. Absolutely. And it tells the story of what made The Dish famous in the first place which is an incredible story, really, and that was its role in broadcasting Man's First Steps on the Moon. Yes, that's right. 1969 was the year, if you can think back that far. But we've all seen those images, you know, of um, Armstrong and that famous quote, it's one small step for man. <laughs> Absolutely. One giant leap for mankind and one giant leap for parks too, really. <laughs> when you think about it, I mean, we're talking about NASA. We're talking about the USA. And to think that this tiny little country town, somewhere where I'm sure the people in America were like, what? Where I mean, is that place? It is literally and still surrounded by sheep paddocks. Absolutely. Total farmland. And it played an integral role in this this piece of history, this turning point for mankind. Pretty damn cool. And for good reason too, it is situated smack in the middle of the Milky Way galaxy. So it is in the perfect prime position to be able to uh, receive and send signals and so that is why it was chosen it was actually commissioned back in 1961 mm-hmm. and this is one of the most cool facts that we learned there is that in 1961 they've continued since that time to upgrade the dish and its ability as a radio telescope that in the year 2020 it is now 10,000 times more sensitive and still a world-leading radio telescope. So fascinating. And I have to say the experience of visiting the dish is 
incredible. I mean, I don't know, like space is exciting as it is, but mm. probably without knowing much about it, the thought of going to see a big radio telescope is possibly not that thrilling. But the dish was amazing. It is a super family-friendly experience. It is free and it's super educational, but it's so much fun as well. And it's just so interesting and fascinating to stand out on that lawn and look up at this incredible structure. I mean, in itself, that feat of engineering and how it all works. I, my, my brain can't even contemplate how it's possible to hear noise from space. It was amazing. And the cool part is that as you're driving uh, along the Newell Highway, it's uh, Route 39, I believe, Route 39, uh, you can see it from, you know, at least about five kilometres away. And it is very impressive, the size of this thing. I mean, one of my favourite scenes in the movie The Dish is when they actually play cricket. <laughs> Uh, which we asked if we could do that and we got a, a definite and flat-out no. Um, but I have been told since that uh, either once or twice a year uh, they have an open day and they invite people actually into the building itself mm. and to really immerse yourself in the experience of this, uh, this incredible incredible place that would be amazing what i love that they've done there for when you're visiting outside of those open days what they've done there is create the discovery center which is free to access and it is interactive there are some great things there for little kids for the big kids um, there's a lot of interpretation that talks about how the dish was made how it works it's its role across the years in science and discovery. There's a gift shop there and they also have a 3D theatre and that does cost, but, I mean, it's minimal. It's like $7.50 for adults or I think a family pass is $25. And it's half an hour's worth of 3D content that I found it really quite mind-blowing. We came out and I said to Paul, doesn't that just put into perspective, well, one, how minute we are it's when we're talking about, yeah, exactly, <laughs> when we're talking about the universe um, and also how insignificant our day-to-day -day problems are when we're talking about the scope of the universe. It was so interesting. I mean, Jasper's three, but he loved it and he picked up some great educational bits and pieces, didn't he? He sure did. When you were just speaking then, I was reminded of this story that I was told when I was a kid, you know, uh, not even a teenager, so I was seven or eight, and it was about man being up there and coming around the outside of the moon and the earth comes into view. Oh, right, the astronauts up yes, there. Yes, out of the, the, the window in the cone of the rocket. And he looks at the earth and he's like, wow, and he pulls out a quarter, an American quarter, mm -hmm. and he holds it up, and it's exactly the same shape, and he covers the earth with the quarter, and he says, well, how about that? All of man's problems on the size of a quarter. Yeah, it's and, it, and it stuck with me, and you just reminded me of that. Um, it, it is really, there's something, like you say, fascinating about, you know, the next frontier, and to think that Jasper, you know, potentially he's, he's going to, be one of these guys that 
you know, is part of it. An astronaut team that starts to, you know, colonise Mars or something. Oh, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it certainly wet his appetite for all things space shuttle, rocket, mm-hmm. um, ex- exploration. He absolutely loved it. And they've done a brilliant job there in, mm-hmm. if I can say, making it sexy. You know what I mean? Like the interpretation and their their uh, interactive is really fantastic. It's fun. It makes you want to learn more and take mm. it all in. Definitely is engaging and, and does have that immersive feel about it. Wonderful gift shop, mm. uh, which is uh, hard to resist. The food in the cafe was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, the cafe there, that's right. We went out there for opening and uh, actually had our breakfast out there. Now, its location is 20 kilometres north of Parks, and again, uh, must be about three or four k's in or off the Newell Highway. Yeah, which is awesome, right? Because if you're not staying in parks and you're just passing through, you can literally pull off and it feels a little bit like you're driving down a dirt track country road. Um, Area 53. <laughs> <laughs> but they've got a massive amount of parking there for RVs and yeah. caravans as well. So it's accessible whether you're staying in the area or not. And, you know, we actually enjoyed and, and loved the experience as a family, all three of us, mm-hmm. so much that we went back the next morning and spent another couple of hours there. Uh, I think because it's so accessible. I think that was what was most impressive. Yeah, it's fascinating. And the last thing we will say is that it was on a maintenance day when we were there the first day. Mm-hmm. But what was so cool about that was that we got to see it move and change position and rotate so they were obviously checking that everything was working and finding the right locations in space i don't know what they were doing but it was so cool to see it move and for a structure that is big and complex it was beautiful it really was and i love that it was rotating and that the actual outside circumference, if you were, you, you're, you're actually very close, but, you know, another 30 metres and you'd be able to literally reach up and touch the edge of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite cool. Yeah. And I grabbed uh, the iPhone and used my time lapse on that to capture some incredible footage. Because of the, the clouds that were coming through and the sun, the position, it's, it's really beautiful footage, and that's uh, featured in our YouTube episode for this, uh, this week. So do get onto that and check it out because it's, uh, it's worth watching. It is super cool. So that is not the only hit. And the reason why I use the word hit is because Parks is becoming even more famous now. Because of the king, Elvis Presley. Why? <laughs> the, the burning question. We were like, why is there an Elvis statue? Why is there all this Elvis artwork? Why do they have an Elvis festival? Why do they have a hotel called Gracelands? Now, the story goes is that there was a hotel named Gracelands. The owner was a massive Elvis fan. He decided one night a number of years back to have a dinner party. He invited people to enjoy a dinner that was themed and and uh, 
really focused around Elvis Presley. And that went well. The next year, some more people were invited. And then we're, you know, uh, a number of years down the track. And it is one of the biggest festivals uh, that you could imagine. I mean, they're, they're having anywhere between 13 and 15,000 people attend, I think, this year. It happens in January every year. You have to book a year in advance because it completely books out the town's accommodation and spaces. There are apparently still some spaces available at the showground for people to pitch tents or plug their caravan and RV in. But it, I mean, I totally get the appeal about you know Elvis, his music, the era. Uh, yeah, just that that uh, nostalgia around uh, what Elvis means, you know, in the fifties, sixties, seventies, and. So then to see this town absolutely bursting with people mm-hmm. that are, you know, celebrating the life and times of Elvis but also uh, dressing up as Elvis would be fantastic. We, we missed it by a couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And from what we're told, there are Elvises from every corner of the world and as far as your eye can see when you're walking down the streets of parks during the Elvis Festival... All you can see is Elvises. They're uh-huh, out there in uh-huh, full uh-huh. force, busking, performing, uh, you name it. You name a country and there's an Elvis Look, from that country. This may not be fair um, because I actually uh, love Elvis and I've seen some great uh, impersonators in my time do Elvis. But I did hear this saying and it was that if life were fair, Elvis would be alive and all the impersonators would be dead. <laughs> Um, <laughs> if you're an Elvis impersonator and you love our podcast, we love you. <laughs> yeah, please practice more. Uh, another festival that they do, which is coming up in May and it happens again yearly, it's a lot newer, so not quite the size. Uh, and it's on a bordering town where it's mainly focused, but in the parks region, is an ABBA festival. Ooh. So I, I can only imagine, you know, that, gee, in the next two, three years, this will, will potentially surpass, you know, the Elvis uh, Festival as well in, in number. It uh, is a great idea. It's a great way to draw attention to the region outside of its fame and the dish. And I think to have a community of like-minded people really coming together just to have a good time and celebrate, uh, you know, everything Elvis or everything Adler is, is wonderful. It's like one form of lycra to another. <laughs> True. And now keeping with the Elvis theme, they do have a Henry Park Centre and Museums. It houses the Visitor Information Centre, uh, the Henry Parks Museum. Mm-hmm. It also houses an incredible Elvis exhibit that is authentic memorabilia, Elvis memorabilia, that is uh, incidentally owned by Greg Page the original Yellow Wiggle, mm. who has the largest Elvis collection, uh, authentic Elvis collection in the Southern Hemisphere, right. in fact. And he has it, uh, I guess, on loan or housed in this Elvis, Elvis exhibit. And also in there is a wonderful old cars museum. Uh, you, you step outside, there's a, uh, an old moat cottage that tells this incredible story about Henry Park's uh, there's all this old machinery. I mean, fascinating. Jasper and I, we spent, I think, four and a half hours <laughs> over there. There's an old school room. 
I mean, it, it was it was endless, and I'm sure if you really uh, wanted to, uh, and maybe weren't there with a the three year old, <laughs> you could probably spend, spend a little day, day or mm-hmm. or maybe stagger it and and do each segment of the uh, the Henry Park Centre in in little bites over a few days would probably be the best way to do it. Uh, but really wonderful setup and the team there in the Visitor Information Centre and then also Rosemary, who was in the Henry Parks Museum, were just so wonderful and, and so welcoming, you know, with Jasper and they, they gave him a couple of little gifts and, mm-hmm. and just made it really about um, the experience for, for both of us. It wasn't just, here's a brochure, thanks, thanks for paying, in you go. Yeah. Uh, it was very cost-effective for the amount of time that we were there and, and that certainly kept him engaged as well. Yeah, and also... Um I mean, I wasn't there that morning. I was getting some work done back at the van, but gave us more information on the history of parks and, you know, the growth over over that period of time. So it's always interesting. We love dropping into the visitor information centres and, um, you know, the history museums and things like that, particularly in regional towns because you get such fascinating information that you may not ever be aware of just by passing through. So super cool to go and talk to those people who are so passionate. I love the way we've put it before is that you meet the true characters of the town. Uh, You know, there are so many volunteers that without their service or support in a lot of these rural communities, um, just they bring life to these exhibits and these experiences and without them, you know, a lot of this storytelling in this history would not be accessible, mm. uh, you know, for our next generation, for, for the Jaspers of the world. So, yeah, well done and a good shout-out to all of those guys and girls that we met during our time at Parks. Yeah, it's awesome. We, we really loved our stay in Parks and we were there for um, the better part of a week. We actually, we stayed at a fantastic caravan park, Spicer Caravan Park, or Spicer Park, Caravan Park in Parks, which made us giggle every time we said it. Um, But it was great. Loads of green grass. That was a standout for us there at the park. Mm. And it did back onto a sports oval, which was awesome because Jasper got to run around and get lots of energy out each day, but also it added to the beautiful greenery of the caravan park. I think the main thing for us staying at this caravan park was the managers. They were relief managers, Leanne and Lisa. And, again, I mean, we say it all the time, your experience is so much better with good people and Lisa and Leanne were fantastic, so welcoming, Mm -hmm. hard workers. Man, you could see the work that they put into that caravan park and uh, and they they just made our stay all the better for being awesome people and, you know, being on the road full time, we spent plenty of time in different parks and definitely what you remember, I think, more than the facilities or the park itself is the people that you meet. So, That's exactly right. Whether it's your fellow uh, caravanners, uh, you know, who are yeah. there to share a yarn and, and share their experience and maybe lend a hand, uh, but more often than not, the, the managers that you connect with uh, can make or break your stay in some of these places. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, these these girls were awesome, and we 
had an instant connection with them. So we loved our stay there with them at Spicer Caravan Park. So another jam-packed week Mm -hmm. and we're only continuing to inch our way south. We're actually going to take a a giant leap towards Tasmania. (laughs) See what I did there? I do. It's about time. I'm like, come on, Tasmania, come on, Yeah, we're going to really move along now. We're going to head down uh, through... Uh, Narandera, or as Katie has referred to it as Narandera. Uh, we're going to continue on down to Albury Wodonga. And along the way, Kate has found uh, the Australian Silo Trail. Yeah, the Australian Silo Art Trail. It's amazing, actually. Uh, we'll go into more detail on this in the next podcast, but basically, massive silos and water towers around Australia that have been professionally painted with murals it's just incredible it's mind-blowing actually so and it brings life to a lot of the rural towns throughout the country so we spot a few of those on route to Albury. Yeah I love that it's quite often art pieces that are connecting to the storytelling of Mm. that community and in effect really helping to create a legacy uh, for these these smaller towns. Uh, Albury Wodonga now, I'm looking forward to that as well, the mighty Murray River. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see about trying to get out uh, onto the Murray or, or experience something that the Murray River has to offer as well. So there it is for another week, getting ready for Tassie. Gotta get the warmies. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that diesel heater that uh, has basically broken the bank. They are an expensive piece of kit. <laughs> Holy, I'm not going to even say how much they are. But uh, look, that, that hopefully is going to do the job. Look, when you've got a happy and warm family in the caravan for seven weeks in Tasmania, mm. I'm sure those will be the best investment <laughs> we've made on the van. Happy slash warm wife, happy life. Yeah, that's my, ta- my Tassie mantra. <laughs> We'd love you to connect with us on social media and our website, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and, of course, YouTube. Yes, our YouTube channel is going fantastically well, and it features a weekly episode on YouTube every Sunday night, released at 6.30 p.m. You can catch all of our family experiences, travels, and all of the fun that we're having traveling this great country. Make sure you subscribe. And, of course, if you've enjoyed listening to our podcast, Well, thank you again for listening. Dream big.